0: Headaches and heartaches on Midlands Today, brought to you by the beautiful Abbey Blooms Botanical Gardens and Cafe Community Initiative in Multifarnham, County Westmeath. A wonderful space for relaxation designed to promote positive mental health and well-being for all. Find Abbey Blooms Botanical Gardens on Facebook.
1: And Rory Hafford is here once again, psychotherapist and author from Four in County Westmeath, also at Los Negrena Family Resource Centre in Longford. Let's get into our first caller, who is Annie in Lige. Annie has started to have panic attacks and she has been to her doctor but she doesn't want to go on
0: medication. Any advice without selecting the chemical option? Any advice for Annie? Okay. Uh, panic attack is, is a growing problem. And I'm seeing it more and more in, in clinics, both in in the Midlands and in Dublin as well. So the w- I approach it in a in a very specific way, but uh, to me, panic attack is the ugly big brother or sister of anxiety. So common common anxiety, and it just it a, a, a switches flicked and it comes out of nowhere. You know, with with stuff like migraine and stuff, you have a a kind of a, a warning or an aura comes in. Panic attack just lands all of a sudden. And I was looking at the figures for this. Now, who comes up with these figures? I don't know. But anyway, I'll give you the official ones. One in three people have suffered panic attack. I mean, that's an extraordinarily large number for people. Okay, so if somebody comes to me, I say to them, the first thing you need to do is to identify the threat. Because remember, panic is like being, be, being hit by a, by, a, by a brick in the head. This is not to be taken lightly. Some people actually do fully and firmly believe that they are going to die on the spot. So for me, this is, this is the, the, the amygdala or the stress box in the brain mm. working, working above optimum. But look for the threat. And you will find that almost inevitably, if that's not a, a contradiction, there will be no threat. So it's really a fear of the fear itself or in, in combination with negative thoughts. So something will hit you as negative and your association will drive you then into this panic. So you need to identify the threat. That's number one. Number two, be present. In the present, you are in full control. Panic can often come from Learned behaviour from the past So you've been pulled back into the, p- the past is gone There is no past So you have no control Or being afraid of what may happen in the future There is no future There's no tomorrow There's now So in the past and in the future So-called You have no control Because it doesn't exist But in the present You have full control And remember Panic to a great degree Is a feeling of no control A lack of control Ooh, Can I chime in? Go on Yes, in the literal
1: sense, you're correct. There is only now. But we like to take steps now to protect ourselves in future. Mm. And therefore, we ruminate and contemplate
0: how to do that. No, I agree. I agree. And the Buddhists actually have a thing for that. They say, being here while getting there. So it doesn't mean that you switch off your mind in relation to one over the other. But think about it from from a reality point of view, Will. Now is the only moment we have. You and I are now speaking in the now. So if I go, I'll tell you what, I'll hold off and I'll speak to you in 10 minutes. What happens to the now? But in the now, we are in control, full control over what it is that we can or can't do. Now, to me, that's the way you handle panic, which is a feeling of no control. And the third thing that I, I point people to, people to is a thing called de-reflection. Now, it's a very existential, psychological thing, but in it, it's very simple. So when you are being washed away by symptoms of panic, and we all know, know what they are, instead of feeling that we are at the mercy of these, simply stand back. Just stand back and watch them almost like a scientist. You go, oh, look at that there, and look what that's doing here, and look, just stand back. Don't feel that you have to be pulled into the sy- s- symptoms, Be because then you become a part of them. It's better if you're apart from them, and just watch them. So it's a bit like the the fight-flight, which we all know. Yeah,
1: but again, back to identifying the cause. So the caveman part of the brain that amygdala Mm. still is looking for the tiger yeah and to prime us to run so Mm. we get the blood flowing to all of our muscles and the adrenaline and we escape danger yeah but there is no tiger literally anymore we have non-fatal dangers yeah which don't require the same biological response. But yeah. our, our brain hasn't caught up with Absol- that yet. You,
0: you, you're spot on. And, and you mentioned the amygdala. So the amygdala is we are literally born with the amygdala ready to go. So we hit the ground running. We are born ready to be stressed. But there's another little part of the brain called the hippocampus, which is just around the corner from the amygdala. And whereas the amygdala will go, oh, my God, we're, 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 in, we're in fatal danger here. The hippocampus will go, hold on a second. Let's just examine this. Let's, ex- let's explore this. So the amygdala, the, the hippocampus allows you to relax into it and get the full facts. And that's back to being present and to breathe. Just breathe. The breath will actually pull you into the moment itself. And that, that is the antidote to being up the wall with stuff. But you just very briefly to finish this off, th- th- this particular one will fight flight we know. But there's also two other Fs. There's freeze and there's face. Now, a lot of people feel that they are being bullied by panic attacks. How do you fight a bully? You face them. You face up to them. So that's similarly with the, the symptoms that we get. Just face up. Watch them. Let them do their own thing. And know that largely this is emotional. And emotional emotions pass on. They don't stay forever they actually go. And the other thing with with panic attack that is advised is CBT, cognitive behavior therapy because the the automatic negative responses to pointers needs to be addressed. And I've actually written I wrote a, a you know I've written thousands of books now at this point. But I, I still a- like the one about the dog. <laughs> the dog's view of the world. Very good. No, it's good. I want that copy back, by the way. There's, uh, there's, there's a book just before that called The Lake. And The Lake is about a 14 and a half year old girl who is in the grip of panic attack. And she decides to come down from Dublin to the wonderful Bun Brosna and to a house on the shores of Loch Ull, where she discovers... Between the Jigs and the Reels, Three Secrets for Managing Panic. So, if people were interested in that, it's a novel, it's not a medical book, but there is the the, the secret to, to managing panic attacks in that. And mm. if people were interested, it is available, I just, I just found out this morning, in Midland Books in Tullamore. Great.
1: So, for Annie, she doesn't have to take the medicine, but... She is going to have to consciously work at this.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And you've got that spot on. It's a bit it's a bit like psychotherapy will people, people, a lot of people do not want the dulling effects of particular medications. And that's okay. That's their choice. But they really have to work at it. Like the difference between you going to see a GP and you going to see somebody like me is the GP will do the work for you. They will give you a pill and other things you come to me, you do the work for you and I get paid. It's a good gig.
1: Rory Hafford is here from uh, 4 in County Westmeath, psychotherapist and author. The book The Lake was mentioned earlier for anybody who wants a story about a young girl dealing with panic attacks. Uh, Just one before we move on. It says, when I have, uh, this is a caller by the way, when I have panic attacks, I'm not able to think the fear can be overpowering And it
0: almost freezes me. Yeah, understandable because the the, the fear is coming from the emotional part of the brain. But if you relax in as much as you can, and I know this is impossible for some people, but you need to work at this. You then push the rationale up to the cognitive part of the brain and you can then have the amount of time just to stand back and go, "Well, well, let's identify the threat for real.
1: Breathing helps, of course, as well, trying well, to get to that calm space where absolutely. you can do that. Angela in Westmeath has a 24-year-old daughter who has decided to move to Australia. She says she is going for two years. Angela is devastated. She cannot bear to have her on the other side of the world and is terrified her daughter may never come home
0: should she stop her
1: from going. Can she stop her Can from coming? Can she stop coming? her from
0: going, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at the first line of the notes that I have here in this and I'm thinking, geez, this sounds like an opinion from me. But I'll give it anyway. Should she stop her from going? No. Of course not. Of course she shouldn't stop her. This is an adventure that could end up defining her daughter. I mean, this is a new country, a new world. She will be a new way in the world. But it is an adventure. So and I know I know where Angela is coming from. I know my son is in Australia. I never see him, but he's having he's having an amazing time there. And he he is growing, maturing, developing. Now, if I had stood in his his way, he wouldn't have got to experience anything of that. If I was to advise Angela on on this, I'd say change the focus, or work to change the focus in that you see the positives as opposed to the negatives, because her her query is is couched in negative language. Again, understandably, this is not having to go at Angela at all. This is a, a natural fear of a mother in relation to potential loss.
1: Mm. But look, but it's her loss in the sense that there's going to be a void in Angela's life. Yeah. This excitement, this adventure, is all that her daughter will experience. But Angela is probably wondering. What will she do without her?
0: Yeah, but would you not want the best for your children? And the best also includes the fact that they can actually get out there into the world and see something new and experience. I mean, it's through the newness that we grow. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's stuff growing stale in the brain that stagnates people. So the more you open yourself up to, to to new experiences and new thoughts and new feelings, the more you grow and, and go forward. So I'd say try and look at it in, in a different way. What is her daughter going to get from this? Look at how she will develop. So don't fight this. Flow with it. And the other thing is, yeah, if, if you think about it, she's going from here to the far side of the world. Her daughter's going to keep in contact with her. I'd say it would probably be one of the first things that she will do when she lands. How do I make contact with ma'am? And the other thing is, we live in a global village. You know that more than I do, being on radio all of the time. So it's it's, the contact with other people is now so much easier to have. And the other thing...
1: Yes, in a superficial way, not as deep a way. That's the dilemma, isn't it? We can keep in contact with people on the surface but the deepness of conversation and personal contact cannot be replaced by a Zoom call to Australia.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But having said that, does her daughter not deserve the right to embrace this adventure?
1: Completely. Completely agree with you on that sense. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. I know what's coming. Yes. I know. James is our next caller. He says his wife has been piling on the pounds since the birth of their last child six years ago. He knows she's very self-conscious, but she's not at a healthy weight and cannot run around with the children. He has tried to address it with her as he fears for her health and also how it impacts on the lives of the kids. How does he make her aware of uh, his concerns in a passionate way, it says. I think he means compassionate. Compassionate, way. yes.
0: <laughs> I think this whole thing is the opposite of passionate. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I can actually, I can actually see a small army of women, women falling over tables and chairs to get to the radio and mm. the phone. And any man with the name James is yeah. running. Is at running. At this yeah. 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 Or, or, or looking for the masks, to put the mask back on again. Okay. Wow. Empathy empathy let's let's start with empathy in fact feck it let's start with the empathy belly do you ever hear of that stuff no. yeah, well, yeah it's a, it's, a, it's an actual it's a little gizmo that you can attach around your stomach when when your your, par- your partner is pregnant so you feel you have a better chance to feel how they would feel and a better chance to look how they would look. So you're walking around with this. I know it's radio and you cannot see the expression on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Google that stuff. Check out Mr. Google. Okay. Empathy belly. I like saying it just because it sounds funny as well. See see how you... Does James not realise that when women go through this system, their bodies are literally pulled... Apart To bits and pieces. And this is if everything goes according to plan. So the muscle bed, particularly up along the rectus muscles at the front of the body, are not what they once were. They're not as robust, not as strong. So it is a, a, a ton more difficult to manage any weight that comes on. The other thing is, when you have a new baby, your focus is not on, you know, how, w- w- what bikini I'm going to get into. It's, let's take care of the baby. Okay, let me stick my head above the parapet Go here. go, All yeah.
1: right. I think he's making a dog's dinner of how he's explaining himself. Mm. No uh, apologies for that. However, he has talked about his wife Six years ago giving birth and today not being able to run around with the kids. Mm. And he's expressing a health concern for her future.
0: So how does he do that in a way that is empathetic? Yeah, well, he's n- clearly he's not that good at explaining himself. So remember, may- maybe he's better at doing stuff. So help her to do the stuff. Now, again, this is all down to the woman, remember. Does she want to do this? You know, uh, but if she does, help her to do it. Go out with walks or, or jogs with her. Look at what it is that, she's, that she's, she's eating. Above all, make her try to make her feel good about herself. Maybe there's something going on in there that she is preventing her from actually doing stuff like that. But to me, it comes back to a, an unconditional acceptance. And it doesn't really matter if you're, if you're thin, heavy, tall. Short, it's you must be accepted unconditionally for the human being that you are. So I would advise, I would advise James to walk, walk a mile in her shoes. I actually love that definition. That was from Woody Allen. He said, walk a mile in her shoes. That way you're a mile away and you have her shoes. Anyway, okay. It's not much of a joke, but I thought it would get yeah, more of no, a No, no, Sorry, me. sorry. Okay. Uh,
1: but I, I'm, again, trying to see his point of view. Yep. He's not talking about attractiveness. He's not popping the blue diamonds. He's simply worried for her. Yeah. And how does he bring that up and introduce the idea of going for the walk, introduce the idea of going for the jog or whatever mm-hmm. the healthy practice is that he wants to support? Yeah.
0: Well, you don't. How have does to, he start that yeah, conversation? Well, you, you, uh, hello, sit down for a second. I want to have a talk with you. You don't have to sneak up on. Something. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, what, yeah. what comes next? Yeah. Well, what comes next is his concerns. I am concerned for. But having said that, if I was doing this, I would start off with all the positive things. Mm. I'd probably start with the baby. Look at the look at the beautiful child that you gave us. Start there and then move forward with it. But ultimately. It's. It is down to. We don't have a name, do we? For the for the for the wife, we don't. No. No. It is down. It is down to her to make the choice. You cannot force people to do something simply because you think that it's going to be better for them. She must make the choice. So, again, I would accentuate the positive aspects of this. I think it would be better if you because here's what you will get.
1: Rory, time's up. In fact, we're over time. Can we conclude on some messages? Will, tell him there are a lot more people out there who will love her and there's a lot more of her to love. Irene, this lad would get divorce papers. I think he's using up uh, using health issues as an excuse to cover up what he really wants to say. And on the subject of children emigrating, Will, I had three of mine who went to Australia, two of them at the same time. That was over 10 years ago, but they had a great time and they stayed until their visa ran out and then came home. And they still have contact with their friends. They met over there at the time. So to that mum, let her go. She will have a ball. It's easier to keep contact these days now and she may well come home. It might not be permanent.
0: Headaches and heartaches on Midlands Today. Brought to you by the beautiful Abbey Blooms Botanical Gardens and Cafe Community Initiative in Multifarnham County Westmeath. A wonderful space for relaxation designed to promote positive mental health and well-being for all. Find Abbey Blooms Botanical Gardens on Facebook.